welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast where we review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. We also discuss everything that goes on in between, some stand and fandom life, and we just generally chat about movies because you know what? That's what makes us happy. Cinema Club 2023 is here and we are here for it. Wednesday the 6th of December 2023 Welcome to Popcorn for One Your fortnightly film podcast Besties Happy St Nicholas Day If you're celebrating My granddad used to So I will be doing that It's also Elf Day today So happy Elf Day to you all We will talk about that in a bit Um, Yeah I hope you've all been good you all in a festive spirit because it's happening yes it is almost there in the last month of the year it's exciting anyhow this is what you've got on this week's episode first of all we've got the rundown then we're going to talk about the a to z of this media and why i'm going to pause it then i'm going to have a quick talk to you about some christmas related things that are film related that have happened then we are going to do the home viewing for the last fortnight and then we are going to do this episode's big review which is not what you're expecting and actually doesn't really end up being about the film much at all well it does but you know that's the plan we're gonna get on with it um this should have been a short episode but instead i've waffled on far too long about far too many things as usual but you know tangent that's how it goes so yeah let's crack on people shall we it is time to do this fortnight's rundown one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 13, 14, plus one of them's a big review and two of them kind of go one and one together. So this may not take very long or it could take forever. You know, there's nothing in between. So So we will start with the very beginning. As I said last time, we are doing Me and the Hiddleston Girls and the um, MCU movies with Loki in. So it was time to do The Avengers. And there is nothing quite like when he stands there and he's got a little scarf on and he beats up that guy and he's busy scanning his eye and kind of gouging it. He does a little hmm, sigh and his little face all changes. And it's like, oh, yeah. I always think that that film, obviously that sense sets the benchmark for the next 10 years of cinema making and the team-ups and the shared universes and all of that kind of stuff. Um, however, the final battle scene does go on far too long and it does have quite a bit of CGI. I always feel about Age of Ultron as well. Um, but, yeah, that's what I feel with the Avengers. It is still good, it's still fun, and Robert Downey Jr. was there for the money and then was basically told, um, you need to stick around, mate, <laughs> more than the next one because guess what, you're needed. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. It's still good, and yeah, it sets the benchmark for the rest of it going forward, doesn't it? Then it was the next part of the A to Z of film, which was O for One Hour Photo, Robin Williams being really freaky, but he's not being freaky. Well, he is in points. He's a bit like, well, okay, why would you do this and why would you do that? But he just wanted to belong, and he believed he belonged in that family, and what he does is wrong, so wrong, and... It was a bit over the top with the blood 
eyes pouring. The film has been out since 2002. This is not spoilers. People are deeming films from 2005 now classics. So one hour photo I can spoil. Um, but it was, he's still good. Families was it. I had no idea that it was Connie Nielsen was the mum. Completely forgotten that. I was like, oh, okay. But the way he was treated at that shop was just, just really feel for the guy, you know, then why he does all of that because he's just so badly treated. But bless you, Robin. You were always good at the comedy and then the heartbreak and the scariness. And that was probably part of your trauma. But bloody miss you so much. Then my dad came and picked me up. And we drove to the cinema and we went and saw Napoleon. Yes, we did. I didn't take him to Screen X, thought it might be a bit too much um for him to see it in screen x i offered him because when i booked him up there was only three other people that had seats in my cinema booked um but i offered him my favorite chair in the entire multiplex i said we are here and here this is the best chair in the place would you like to sit here and he went it's only one seat further along i'll sit here i'm like are you sure because you know i'd like to give you that experience like no i want to sit here I was like, okay made a cup of tea right about um also predicted all but one of the trailers except ghostbusters um and yeah it it was good joaquin phoenix was all right um vanessa kirby as always was phenomenal uh rupert everett turns up with about half an hour to go and you go holy shit and he just bosses it um that was good uh you sit there and you go oh okay yeah that's is this and there is nothing quite like a ridley scott directed action battle scene i mean there is a, a something that happens quite early on in the film um where um something explodes and kills something and it's the way the blood splatters everywhere and it I just sat there in the entire cinema because it was properly full um went Aah! and i went ah and it was gross but it would have happened and the scene with the ice uh, my head was busy going let the sky fall apple crumble yeah um but i did feel a bit short changed but we didn't get um a couple of battle scenes especially with the march to russia that seemed like it was so important and then suddenly we marched to Russia there was no major battle in Russia. I was like, oh, okay. That's a shame. Oh, well, darn it. But it was good. It was good performances. I know that people are busy sitting there busy going, it's not historically accurate, but I enjoyed it. My dad enjoyed it. We both had a good time. The score was so good as well. Some of the cinematography was beautiful. Uh, it's not going to be in the top 10 films of the year, but it was properly stunning. Then, um, 23rd, we went to see Napoleon, was Thanksgiving for you all. If you celebrated it, happy Thanksgiving. If you didn't. So, on the Friday, I sat here and I went, it's time to watch the film. So I sat there and I watched planes, trains and automobiles. I've only ever seen it twice before. I remember watching it as a teenager, not really paying attention to it at someone's house. I remember watching it for a film quiz back in 2019. Um, and wrote down every single note and was like, Ugh. Steve Martin's rant when he's at the car showroom is incredible. Um, but the entire thing, the entire journey, and when the car catches fire, and oh, 
it's lovely and you sit at the end and you do just you let the tears fall a little bit don't you you just think yeah no that hit the spot very well and i laughed and cried and had a good snigger and saw all the people from all the other 80s films that were famous going ah they're in this they're in this yay and it was so good yeah half of the cast the first bueller that all the add-ons are in this film so good on them then it was time for actual Christmas film. Yes, so Christmasing, Christmasing, Christmasing. And I watched uh, The Cumberbatches, The Grinch, um, the one from 2018, um, which I saw twice in the cinema in 2018. I saw it when it came out at the start of November, and it was like the last film I watched before Christmas. And I hadn't seen it since. Um, so I wanted to see it, it was so good. Um, and it was still fun, and I sat there, and I had a good laugh, and... Um, Max the dog is so sweet, and the reindeer, and all the Who's in Whoville, and uh, Lindy Lou, and oh, it's... Oh. I've watched two Dr. Zeus films this year. What is wrong with me? But no, it's properly the spirit of Christmas, and when he stands there at the end and he gives that little speech, it's oh, oh Grinchy, you melt my heart, which is the whole point, but, you know, the Grinch didn't hate Christmas, he hated people. That's what he did. Bless him. Oh, well. But, yeah, Grinch, that was a good start. Then I was looking for something for a short amount of time um, before something else was happening because it was my plan to watch something and then iPlayer rejected it to start with, then wouldn't let it load at all, and then was, like, going, like, this has got high demand, you can't watch it. We'll get to that later. Um, so eventually I ended up watching um, A Matter of Loaf and Death, Wallace and Gromit, mainly because I'm saving, even though I've seen it twice this year, I am saving Feathers McGraw. Feathers McGraw will be soon. I was here with my little penguin and be like, yes! So I watched The Matter of Loaf and Death and it is hilarious and obviously it's the last one with Peter Sellis. Um, Gromit's so good um, with Fluffles and Sally Lindsay. And there was a sign on the prison, no, on the zoo, where it said, wanted, Feathers McGraw, he's escaped. Oh, Feathers has escaped. Feathers McGraw has escaped the zoo. Oh, no, 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 no. That evil penguin's going to come and get him. Ah! It's 30 minutes of pure joy. A matter of life and death, it really is. All the Wallace and Gromit films are. I guess so. Ah. Then I went straight from work to the cinema, and I went to go and see Disney's Wish. Um, first of all, the, uh, the, the three-minute advert of all the things that Disney are known for, which goes from Steamboat Willie and it goes so it goes through all of Disney and various bits and parks and people meeting people and premieres and bits of the film and it does it all the way and then it goes like from the past to the present and it shows um, the renaissance of Disney um I think it's Timon and Pumper Battle Waving to the future and then it's Grogu using the force at the end because that's the the three mascots that they've had throughout the entire thing <sighs> obviously um, and then it ends with mickey going thank you for watching and you go like, oh. that was better than wish um wish suffers because it's trying to get so much in to be disney's 100th birthday movie um it is a good story it feels a little bit rushed um, Chris Pine is very good. His villain songs are not iconic, but he delivers them. And there's a point where he looks at himself in the mirror and he goes, oh, oh, yeah. And he does this little kink in his cheek and his little dimple shows out. I'm like, 
um, Kirk does that. Man from Princess Diaries does that. Yeah, I know that. Um, I'm so happy about the two that got time to speak as that goat, and that goat was hilarious, and the goat and the chickens was the funniest bit of the entire film. Um, but I'm sure there's loads of Easter eggs. I'm not sure that the mixed animation and um, digital drawing worked. I know what they were trying to do. I get that, that it's the past, present, and future, but is that necessarily what I want in a Disney film? I don't know. I'm glad I went to see it, but when that appears on Disney Plus, probably in about a year's time, I might sit and be like, did I go and watch Wish? And I'd be like, oh yeah, Chris Pine in it, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the songs were all right. Um, there were points where we tried to rip off other Disney songs. The opening one where she's like busy walking around town is very much her family Maggie girl from Encanto. Um, her wishing one is very much Pinocchio. Um, but kids will enjoy it. It will be on Disney Plus for probably New Year's Day and families will sit there on New Year's Day with their kids and go, oh, wish. Yeah, that's the target audience. Then the MCU um, bit continued um, and me and the Hiddleston girls watched for Love and Thunder and there's so many plot holes in it and it is bad. Uh, but Christopher Eccleston is amazing. Um, there's people that we don't need to know. I always forget that Chris O'Dowd's in it, but Loki being a bit of a bitch is hilarious. And my letterbox review for for the Dark World was uh, the bit where he goes through the secret rainbow rainbow road bridge and um, to get to the abandoned world. And he goes, "Ta-da!" So underrated. That was literally just probably put in just Tom Hiddleston going, "Ta-da!" And yeah. That, I like that bit. It's so like, yay. <sighs> but it is a bit, it's a bit weird. It's weird in a good way. And I've now been there, so not out of space. Greenwich and done all the stuff in Greenwich. I'm like, There's one point where Darcy's looking at one thing, um, Selvig's looking at her somewhere else, and her intern, I can't remember what his name is, is looking the other way. So it's like, hang on, where are you three all looking at? Because you can't all be looking at something. Remember back on the Christmas malarkey, um, after Christmas, um, hence I've talked about this before, after Christmas was a film I'd never watched until I went around to a friend's house for a Christmas um, dinner party that we had and it was on the background. I was like, I'm not watching this. And then they turned it off because they're like, you're watching this and not chatting after, it's not my fault. Um, I always forget that it's a Melbourne Storms and Jim Broadbent. I always remember it's for McAvoy. Um, it's also weird that it's Ashley Jensen, considering that I'm watching Ugly Betty at the moment. I was just like, Ashley! Um, but Bill Nye absolutely steals the show. Completely steals it. And it's just like, yes! Oh, what a guy. What a legend. Oh, properly good. But it's the perfect way of getting your kids to still believe in Santa, because Santa's real and it's... A Brilliant thing, and it shows how Santa can live for hundreds of years and that there's magic in the air. And yeah, you can go, you can do a lot worse than watch after Christmas, definitely. Move a tree went up, and I watched my Muppet Christmas Carol. That is this fortnight's big review. I can hear you all going, What the heck? It will make sense, trust me. Then I was going through Netflix after I finished watching Muppets because that was done quite early and I couldn't get on to what I wanted to watch, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so I was going through Netflix seeing what Christmas shorts they had on there. And they had, um, remember the bad guys from last year with Sam Rockwell in? 
um, about the evil stereotype villains in kids' films that end up being evil but end up being evil to save the world. Yeah, they did a holiday film before, uh, set before the events of that film. And I put it on thinking, oh, this is fine. And when it when it got two minutes in, I'm like, it's not the original cast voice. Ah. And they changed them all out. And I've never been so disappointed in the discount Sam Rockwell in my entire life. For kids, they're going to love it. If you're probably aged between four and eight, you're going to sit and go like, wow. But considering that the bad guys actually got a good rep from adults as well and went, this is something different. Thank you for giving us something different to Disney. Um, I was bitterly disappointed. I knew it was going to be easy moles because, you know, it's a 35-minute kids' shot. It's going to wrap it up and do this and do that. But it was just... I saw where it was going. Yeah. Oh, well. Bless him. But there's Christmas models in there. Then we get to the thing I've been trying to talk about. Doctor Who. Um, during this fortnight was Doctor Who's 60th birthday. And they, at the moment, the Doctor is played by David Tennant until this Saturday coming up. Um, and there have been three Doctor Who specials. Um, and so far two of them have been on and the final one is this Saturday. Um, so I've been, I've meant to watch them and I didn't, I have a problem with the iPlayer with the first one. And then with the second one, um, I didn't have a problem with the iPlayer, but it was being slow. So I was just like, you know what, we'll save it. So on Sunday I was feeling really ill and a headache. I was cold. Um, I didn't get much sleep the night before. I planned on actually having a lie-in and the rain woke me up at 9 o'clock the day before. I'd done so much and I'd been a bit stressed and a bit emotional. I was like, oh. And so I sat on the sofa with my breakfast and I planned on watching one, but I watched them both. So we started off with Star Beast. Um, I like a meep. A meep is good. I love Rose. I love the message that it sends out. Um, it's proper old school reintroduction of a Doctor Who kind of things. You sat there and you watched it, and I sat there and I was just like, this is properly going back to the glory days of my Doctor Who, of um, Tennant and Eccleston and the first series of Smith. And you sat there and you watched it and went, yeah, no, that's good. No, this is interesting. Yeah, but I believe in that. Da, 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 da. And you just sat there and you went, really like, yeah, that's good. Happy days. And because it was obviously Catherine Tate's back as Donna, it was all about what had happened to Donna in the past and what had gone on there. And without spoiling it, um, the normal Doctor Who shenanigans go on and units there and stuff goes down. And the Meep, Miriam Mugley's is the Meep, is adorable. But it answers some questions and then it gives us the point to then go into the next special, which was Wild Blue Yonder, which Doctor Who has now been half purchased by... Um, the Evil House of Mouse, um, which is why we haven't been able to promote it, <laughs> because the BBC were one of the first people like, yeah, we agree to all your ravers, and David Tennant's like, happy days, and like, you can't promote Doctor Who because Disney are one of the ones that aren't doing it, so it's like, well, what the, duh? so this one is entirely a Disney Doctor Who, um, the green screen, the way the spaceship's designed, the weird story with fact that there's it's a two-hander but it's not a two-hander 
um, of the message it gives. It's also shorter than the one that it was the week before. Um, but it is definitely more of a product in the design and the way it's formed for Disney. Especially when you watch Disney Plus shows. You know, you, watch, you sit there and you watch Ashoka and Mando and Loki and Secret Wars and you sit there and go like, yeah, this, this fits in within that narrative. And it does that all the way up until we get back on Earth. And I cried because it was a chance to say goodbye. And, oh... I'd, say, I'd seen that it had been trending, that's why I wanted to watch it. I went, no, I can see that's trending. I worry it's just a tribute because of something that happens in an episode four or something else. No, I will watch them. And then I saw after I'd watched it that that was why that was the case. And that was perfect. And it was the last thing they did. And it was just, <sighs> yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this Saturday. Um, probably won't watch it till um, Sunday evening again. Uh, but. Russell T Davis's writing is still up there and I might invest in the new doctor you never know final review of the rundown is the P in the A to Z of physical media um which was an option between prospect or prestige I finally met Ezra <laughs> um it was far too short um because you watch act one you go oh okay i mean you have the thing that happens in act two and then something else happens and then the moment happens and then something else happens and then i was like okay so now we're gonna have act three as to where that goes from there and it didn't happen there was no act three so act three was actually really short and so was act two act one is like 40 minutes long and then the rest of it's like we've got 45 minutes to do two more acts okay um spoilers for the next few minutes of it um obviously one of the main things in this film is that ezra has his arm chopped off um which i'd heard of and i'd heard the noises from it which that man is not allowed to make ever because that did things to me. It made me feel much better, if I'm honest. Um, but it didn't, because it, first of all, that girl had already proved that she was rubbish at sawing or hacking at anything earlier on in the film. Um, and then she starts doing that to him, and you see the first line, and you go, oh, okay, yeah, there's some blood there. And, there. and then it comes back to it at the point where it's about to get really grim, because, oh, I can't be done with that. And the problem is, that happens at the about hour and ten into the film. And that's all you're thinking about, which is probably why Act 3 felt like it was a continuation of Act 2, because your head is still going, holy shit, they chopped off Pedro Pascal's eye. <laughs> the extra people that were in the film were all right. Um... I understand why some people were sitting there and being like, oh, this is the best thing we've had since Moon, because it's something original, and but it's something that is still human that we all understand. But Prospect wishes it was Moon. I'm sorry. Um, I know that I am ridiculously biased to Moon, but I am also ridiculously biased to Pedro Pascal and anything that he's in. 
So me saying that is a big thing that, you know, that's the case. But I'm glad I finally met Ezra and it was definitely worth it. That is that. That is the rundown. Ooh, we got there. That took a while. I am so, so sorry. I almost ran out of time. <laughs> oh, well. So, yeah, hopefully there's been some stuff on there that you are interested in watching. And, yeah, get to your cinema, get out your physical media, get on your streaming services and watch people, especially iPlayer. We might revisit Doctor Who in detail next time probably we are going to pause the a to z of physical media we are i'm sorry people it's just the way it's going to be um obviously it's christmas it's the holidays it's the festive season um i have a lot of christmas films i'd like to watch which you've heard quite a few about in this list i have a lot of shorts that i'd like to get done as well plus obviously there's the doctor who thing going on so we are going to pause it or we'll probably start like on the 27th of December again, so that's the case. But so far it has been A for Australia, B for being the ultimate disaster movie, C for crazy stupid love, D for the departed, E for uh, edge of tomorrow, live, die, repeat, F for free girl, I, G for goodwill hunting, H for high rise, I for, where's I? Isle of dogs, J for Juno, K for keeping mum, L for The Little Mermaid, M for Mouse Hunt, N for Now You See Me Too, O for One Hour Photo, and P for Prospect. I had previously told you that Q was going to be films with a question in it. However, I've not had time to go through all that. So what the plan is for Q is I am going to go through all of my films that I have and look at all the ones with numbers in them. Because why not? <laughs> so I, it won't be like Iron Man 1, 2 and 3. It, although it might be Ocean's 11, 12 and 13. Um, but it's going to be going through ones where there's a number in the title or numbers are important within it. So that's the plan for what's going to be Q. Um, it probably will be watched on like the 27th of December once all the Christmas stuff is over. Um, but we will let you know. So, yeah, um, the A to Z of physical media is going to have a pause. It's going to feel a little bit weird, if I'm honest. Um, also, there's no film that I have that begins with R that is a Christmas film because I feel like I could get away with it. Um, Robin Hood, either of them don't really count, do they? No, they don't. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's happening with the A to Z of physical media. We're just going to have a pause for a couple of weeks um, and then we will crack on with it and then. We will, because then it's Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y, <laughs> got to think of something for Y, um, and Z. That's what we've got to do. Z Z's already picked, because then you open one film that begins with Z, so yeah, that's the plan. We will get on with that. That is what is happening with the A to Z of physical media. So I want to talk you through what are my new Christmas decorations this year, because they are all film or movie or TV based, which is very cool. Hee hee hee. Um, I'm going to tell you about my secret Santa that I got. Yes, oh yes. So last year I bought Death Star to go on my Christmas tree. Um, it's completely see through, but it's carved in the picture. And if you shine it with a light that's bright enough, you can, in theory, if it's big enough, get a reflection of Death Star on your 
my Christmas lights are not that big. They're pretty good, but an also setting I have them on is more twinkly than just, oh, we're going full on lights. So that's what I do. So it was time this year to get some Christmas decorations again. Um, I normally only really get one. Obviously, first year I bought a few, but last year I bought a box of um, polar bears. There's four of them. And I bought the Death Star, and then my friend got me one of all of us on a night out, which was nice. So this year I thought, you know what? I'm going to be clever. So I went on to Etsy on the um, August Bank Holiday weekend, knowing full well that soon Christmas decorations and Christmas feelings will be happening. So I went on there and I ordered four Christmas decorations. And then two weeks later, I went back on those same shops and I looked at how much I was selling their decorations for. And I got four from three different places for what the equivalent of one of them would have then cost. Ah! Now oh, that's clever. That's saving money. So I got two from one place and one of them says that it is the Nakatomi Corporation's annual Christmas party of 1988. And the other one says Yippee and it's surrounded by snowflakes. Yes, we've done this chat before. Die Hard is a Christmas film. Um, we might actually on the next episode do a conversation about what is a Christmas film and what isn't because obviously there's a grey area. And by then I'll have watched a lot more Christmas films. So we'll do that then. So they are on the tree and they look very lovely. Um, so is the uh, Cotton Head in Ninny Muggins elf one, which is literally um, candy floss um with elf boots and an elf hat and that is fabulous i love that that looks very cool it's very pink it's very much like ah yeah i'm a kind of mini muggins i am um today for all of you is elf day um elf day is really important to me Elf Day is on behalf of the Alzheimer's Society who are also deal with dementia. Um, and they ask people to dress up as elves and watch elf and do elfy things on Elf Day. It's usually a Friday. For some reason this year it's a Wednesday. I have no idea why. I haven't yet actually asked work if I can wear my elf, elf gear. You'll find out on the next episode probably if I have or I haven't. Um, but it means a lot to me. Um, my grandpa had dementia um and he also unfortunately lost his fight with it a, a few days before christmas um back in 2018 um so the fact that there is a charitable um elf day um link to that um i always sit there and i wear my cotton head in any moment's t-shirt um on that day and i wear my forget me not for outside and so then people will ask me why are you wearing that and i'll go it's elf day okay her and then I have to explain it all to them. So I hope you're all wearing something elf based or that you will do at some point because it's elf day. It's important. Thank you very much. Anyhow, I then went to as no, no, we're still doing Etsy, aren't we? Um I've got a wooden carved one, which is a clapperboard with a box of popcorn on it, and i got my name carved into it, and that is so brilliant when people are using it on just everything, because it's so cool. Unfortunately, I couldn't get popcorn for one carved into it. It was too small a gap for all that to happen, but I love it. Um, I think that that is going to be one that when people come in and they look at my tree, they'll notice the Death Star, and when I see that one, they'll go, oh, oh wow, so no, um, I love that one. It's so good. 
Then I went to Asda, and I had no intention of buying any more Christmas decorations at all. And there he was, hanging off the wall. Grogu. A little clay Grogu in his robe, looking concentrated. Yeah. They had to be purchased with with the weekly shop, definitely, and are. It looks good. It looks so good. Sorry, I was just looking at my Christmas tree, looking at everything, and I was like, why is broken up the top? And it's my martini glass, and it's because it's on the side and it's big, so that's why it looks like it's a broken one. It's also have little gold um, baubles, which are full of glitter, um, which I love, which are so cool, and I love them. Yeah, very good. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing that. And then finally, um, I'll talk to you about this, some of this in um, my big review from Fortnite. Uh, my sister got me the Nakatomi countdown for um, what's it happen. But she also got me something else as an early Christmas present. But she said, if you're putting your tree up, you need to have this. So I opened it and it was a bauble and it is of Pedro as Javi Gutierrez. And it's the meme version picture as well. Like, ah, when he's on LSD and oh, sunshine, sunshine's on my tree. Um, I tried to put him up as high as possible, but he's got a really long string. So he hangs um, quite low, so it's on the first, like, long hanging branch. And I've actually put him um, not on a front-on position from when I'm sitting on the sofa. And I did tell some, I did tell my Pedro girls that, and they're like, why is he there? Why is he not on what's it? I'm like, think about it. If I come in from a bad day at work, not my days at work are going to be bad, but knowing that it's going to be December, it's going to be busy, that is... There was a huge chance that I could come home and go, ah, quite a few decks. Um, so, yeah, I sat there and I thought, you know what would be the best thing? The best thing to do would be actually put it. So when I walk through the door and I look up at it, I go, well, sunshine, happy. So that's where he is. He's looking nice and shiny and pretty. So cheers, sis, for that. And then I have two new Christmas jumpers this year. Um, one of them says Christmas is a state of mind and it's got Pedro <laughs> smiling on it. <coughs> if you don't understand that, where have you been for the last 18 months? Because it broke the internet multiple times. Um, so, yeah, I have that. My mum went, you need help. And I went, no, I don't, because it could be a lot worse. She went, that is true. Um but then we also, um, me and my girls, um, went out for our Christmas dinner because November's the only time we can actually all see each other for Christmas. Um, and previous years we've done a secret Santa and people spent more money on some people than others due to who they get. And blah, blah, blah. So this year we decided you have to buy someone a Christmas T-shirt or a Christmas jumper. So I was like, okay, that's fine, because then everyone's going to at least have a £9 spent on it. No one's going to be like, I got Jess. Jess had um, a snowman who was running away from another snowman and he had um, a hairdryer and he was trying to chase him and melt him down so he could have his carrot. Yeah, she loved it. But mine, the one I got, is a Jurassic Park Christmas jumper. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, we went to film quizzes. I've talked about these film quizzes before. But one of the things um, that happened at the film quiz was that every month we had a film to watch. Um, 
obviously some of the films you've seen hundreds of times you don't have to watch it you can just probably your way through it because you should know everything but our guy asked really nerdy questions so <coughs> it was more of a case of a you need to watch it to know the nerdy answer so one week it was uh, it was Jurassic Park and I couldn't go to it because I'm pretty sure that Brian had playoff or an away get a home game or something like that while I was doing the season ticket so I didn't go um to watch the film because we would all watch the films together and someone would just watch it for the sake of it and people like me would start taking notes or would start overanalyzing and like that. So I didn't do that. <coughs> I then um because it was at the point when another Jurassic Park film was coming out um went ah I can do the catch up thing um where they do the this is the idiot's guide to it. This is what you need to know before you watch the next film. So I did that for it. So I did that with Jurassic Park. And I got to the quiz and my friend sat there and went, ah, oh, so how did you find Jurassic Park? I went, I didn't watch it. I went, ah, oh, you've seen it before, right, bro? No. Sorry, what? No, I've never seen Jurassic Park. I've seen the iconic bits. I've seen the end. And I've seen the bits that I needed to know for this. But we can fob it through. If I read your notes, I can then sit there and be like, that was me. So... And I got moaned at. <coughs> I got moaned at by my team because I haven't watched the song. For lots of reasons. Because Jurassic Park is so iconic. I still have not watched Jurassic Park. Um, I've watched the second one. I've watched all of the three newer ones. I've not watched the third one because the third one's weird. And I've not watched the first. So <coughs> I did that. And we did the quiz. And we came all right. We got a decent place in it. Um, and then... I still haven't watched it. And I mentioned a couple of months ago that I still haven't watched it when we talk about stuff or when I was trying to do all my classic films. Um, so my Christmas jumper, because I've not watched Jurassic Park, is Jurassic Park. Um, it's got felt gates, it's got a dinosaur, one that goes, hey, Alan, um, clever girl is what um, Sam Neill says to someone in the first movie and then it's what Chris uh, Pratt says to the dinosaurs in the new one. It's very wacky, it's very green and red, and it's very out there, and it's ridiculous. But that's what a Christmas jumper should be. <coughs> it should be completely and utterly mental. And it's so warm and cosy, and I love it. So, yeah, I'm probably sitting here right now in my uh, Pedro T-shirt underneath, because I'll take it off in a bit when it gets a little bit warmer, because it's been hailing for the last 15 minutes. Um, but I also have the Jurassic Park jumper on. So, yeah. So that's been my little bit of Christmas fun. Yeah. That's what's happened. Those are the decorations on my tree. And those are my new festive jumpers. Do you have any film or TV-based decorations on your tree? What's your favourite Christmas jumper? Let me know, people. It'd be really interesting to see. It is time to look at exactly what you've all been watching for the last fortnight. And it's going to be interesting because I actually have no idea what's happened and where stuff's gone. So, the whole week of the 22nd to the 28th, the creator was number one of your home viewing. Very interesting. I had no idea. Happy days. I hope you're all actually watching that because it's rather phenomenal. Second was A Haunting in Venice. Third was Day of Reckoning Part 1. Four was Barbie and five was Bland, Blue Beetle. Five was Gran Turismo. No, six was Gran Turismo. Seven was the Super Mario Brothers movie. Eight was The Expendables 4. 
nine was fast x and no hard feelings um entered the top 10 for the first time um there were a few Christmassy films that made re-entries nativity elf home alone love actually violent night polar express so it's interesting to see that that's what you did for that week up to that point but now from 29th to the 5th <laughs> i have no idea why it actually says that in that order on that way um because it should have just been between life because fifth is technically for you yesterday even though it's whatever anyhow oppenheimer was number one oppenheimer finally had its release date whoop de do happy days good on it two was the creator three and this is very interesting because it was only come out in america like two days before was trolls band together huh still in cinemas weird i really this is what freaks me out with the whole streaming thing when it can suddenly still be in the cinema and still be like high up on the list worth checking a minute um but also then be high up on your home viewing list it's very odd four is day of reckoning part one five is barbie six is the nun two um super mario bros was at seven a haunting in venice dropped to eight and gran turismo dropped to nine and violent night leapt up the chart to number 10 um all the other Christmas films that I was talking about have all also moved their way back up the chart as well. Um, John Wick Chapter 4 was an also surprising new entry um, that entered at number 32 for all that week in the chart. So that's interesting to see that that's what you've all been watching at home. It's inter- it is good to see that Oppenheimer is finally number one somewhere, even if it's not number one oh, in the actual you know, stuff. <sighs> now for what you went to the cinemas to see. You ready? For the week of the 17th to 19th of November, The Hunger Games The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes was at number one. It took £5.4 million. The Marvels dropped to number two and it took £1.2 million. Tiger 3 was at three and that took £1.18 million. Saltburn was at four and that took 841000 Trolls, which remember I told you was in the chart, um, took 734,000 at five. Thanksgiving took 486,000 at six. The Kevin Bridges comedy show took 332,166 pounds at seven. I say that because Killers of the Flower Moon took 318,512 at eight. Five Nights of Freddy was at nine, taking 218,733 pounds at nine. And Anatomy of the Fall took 206,572 at Ten. Uh, viewers tour still knocking about. It's still number fourteen in the list. That is interesting to see if that's the case. Um, there, but was not knew that the Marvels had dropped off in America. I didn't realise it had also dropped off here quite to that level for that week. So that is very interesting to see. And then fourth weekend of the twenty fourth and twenty sixth of November, Napoleon was at number one. Um, that includes its previews on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, which for us weren't previews, they were actual release dates, but because we went to see it on the Thursday. Um, and that took £5.2 million. The Hunger Games was at two, and that took £2.6 million. Wish was the next highest new entry. Um, didn't have the Wednesday and Thursday added to it like this did, but took £240. Don't two million four hundred thousand at three. Saltburn stayed firm at four, taking five hundred thousand at four. The Marvels was at five, taking four hundred eighty-five thousand. Cliff Richards one-off tour date 
Um, for his Sapphire Tour, took 389 and 329,000 at six. Trolls, remember, this is definitely in the chart this week. The home streaming took 229,622 at seven. Thanksgiving <coughs> took 217,197 at eight. Tiger Free. This is now going to get very interesting. Took 113,644 at nine. The 20th anniversary first showing of Love Actually took 104,728 at 10. You ready? Anatomy of the Fool took 104,086 pounds at 11. That is 600 pound difference. Um, also, um, other things that are just in the charts, um, Ronnie O'Sullivan's, um, when it was showed for one day, documentary took 28,000 at number 20. So there. So that's what you've watched in the last fortnight. Uh, Napoleon, The Hunger Games, The Marvels, Saltburn, Wish, um, Oppenheimer, The Creator Haunting in Venice, but it is mainly all been trolls, that's what you've been watching everywhere. So, yeah, that's what you've all been watching in the last two weeks, people. It's a right old interesting bunch. It was weird, but we had so many films in such a short space of time, and then suddenly it's now gone a little bit quiet again. Um, I don't know why cinemas do that and film companies, whether they all want to compete. If it didn't compete, then we'll just have a constant stream of two a week, it'd be lovely, but no, at the moment it's gone a bit quiet. Yeah. So, anyhow. That is that. That's what you've been watching. Hopefully you all enjoyed it all. It's time for this fortnight's big review. And, you know, I've watched two films at cinema in the last fortnight, but I wanted to do something because it's the start of the festive season that was important to me. Um, and it's got a few traditions and a few things like that. So I wanted to just talk about that and just, yeah, give you a little bit of insight about me. So that is why we're doing The Muppet Christmas Carol. As a child, watching The Muppet Christmas Carol, I remember only seeing it once as a child, but it petrified me, which we'll get to. Um, and I didn't watch it for years. And then when I got into my early 20s, I thought, I will, I'll watch it again. And it still was quite a bit like, ah, Yeah, I can see why, like, five-year-old me was traumatised by that. Definitely, 100%. And then I watched it again another year, a few years later, and I went, I'm going to buy this. Obviously not knowing that the streaming was going to be a thing and whatever. So I bought them up a Christmas Carol on DVD. And it happened to turn up about seven or eight years ago on the exact moment we'd almost finished decorating the Christmas tree. And so Amazon delivered it, and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mum's like, Oh, is that Christmas presents turned up early? He went, no, I've ordered my Christmas Carol. She's like, why? I'm like, well, I wanted to own it. You know, I wanted to watch this film and do that. And I'm like, can I put it on? And she went, yeah, once we finish decorating, absolutely, put it on. So we sat there and we moved all the furniture around and we finished putting the decorations on and put the angel on top of the tree. And my mum got lunch and we sat there and we watched the Muppet Christmas Carol. And the following year, after the tree was decorated, my mum and dad were going out to go and see a friend. And I went, okay. So I put the Muppet Christmas Carol on. And so every year since then, whenever I've decorated a Christmas tree, I put the Muppet Christmas Carol on. So 
in the last week, I've done quite a few festive things. Obviously, Advent has started. Uh, the Advent calendar's here. The Advent candle with songs is here, which I do. Um, my sister very kindly um, gave me two Christmas presents early. And one of them is Hans Gruber falling down in Nakatomi building uh, as it explodes, which you count down every day, which is absolutely fantastic and fabulous. Um, <coughs> we went reef making on Wednesday last week. Um, that was a lot of fun. We've done that before. Um, get stabbed so much with Holly. No, no, no bloody Holly. Um, that was a lot of fun. Just chilling with her and doing that. My mum's also made her own reef this year. She decided not to come with us. So that was very cool. Um, I also last Sunday went out for a girly Christmas party, which I've probably already told you about because I want to tell you something different to that. So I've done quite a few festive things. So it was time on Saturday, the 2nd of December, to put the tree up. Almost didn't get it put up. Um, I couldn't get into my garage. <laughs> um, had to get my dad round to basically force it open. And it, it's locked, but I'm the only one that can unlock it. Um, because it's not properly locked, so it's cheated. So please don't come and burgle my suitcases. <laughs> um, but it's locked. Um, so eventually we got that open. He, he did a few things. He's got a side project now. He can come around and repair my garage door. Happy days. So I was busy sitting there, busy Googling. How much do garage doors cost? Or to get a call out to get someone to come repair it because I just couldn't open it and it was like, yeah, um, and the last person that was in it was my dad because in the summer I thought, oh, I'll just go and get my little small suitcase out to take up to London for Harry Styles. That feels like a lifetime ago. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll just go out and I can open one of my padlocks. So he was the last one that was in there and he put stuff in there for me and sort of a few bits out in there for me because that was the original point that I was going to do that. Um, but he was the last one that went in my garage. I haven't been in my garage since June because I don't need to put anything in there because everything is in there. So that was the case and we did that. Um, so we got all the decorations out. My parents had left. And I decorated for trip. I have four Christmas trees. I have my lovely huge one, which I'm pointing out right now, which does not help you, um, which stands in the corner. Um, took eight attempts to get the angels on top of it. But all of my Christmas decorations are filled based this year, which we'll talk about in a minute on my new ones. Um, tinsel's up. Um, the medium-sized tree, which is about two foot tall, is in the um, bedroom. And that's got all woodland creatures and silver bells on it. Uh, reefs up. Tinsel's up. Um, the um, eight-inch tree it, um, has got the blue and green baubles in, and that is standing in the kitchen, and that looks mighty fine. Um, the mirror's got tinsel around it as well, and at the end of the hall. And the little tree that I take to work, which is literally about five inches in height, which is literally a gold stick with green tinsel on top of it, and then stick a sand hat on top of it. That is where you're going to work tomorrow, it's Sunday right now. Um, I've made Grogu festive, he's got festive hats on, and I've made my Venomized Loki festive as well, because he wished me. And then I published the newsletter for the year, which you've all got, um, which um, if you want to read my festive newsletter, let me just tell you, where you what the actual address is. If you go to popcornforone.co.uk on my actual blog, um, 
you'll see one where it says Merry Christmas 2023. Um, that will tell you all about my year, both film-based and not based, and exactly what I've been up to and what my friends and family have done as well. Um, and also, because I don't send out Christmas cards, it has got the link where I have donated my money to charity to instead this year. Because let's be honest, sending Christmas cards to all of you lot would cost a fortune. <laughs> Um, I love you, but not that much. So if money's gone to Macmillan, it's a cancer um, care charity um, who help people who have had a cancer scare, who have cancer, who are going through radiography or chemotherapy, um, people that are in remission, and those who are on end-of-term care, and um, their um, families as well. They quite often will do um, bake days, or charity days which a lot of people get involved in so that is really good and a really good thing to get into so that's been posted as well this is the longest tangent to tell you about why i love a muppet christmas cow so yeah i then sat here and i had dinner and i watched a couple of things and catch up and i said oh, there's something in the air there's muppets everywhere so i put on the muppet christmas cow no, it's not the A to Z of physical media because we're going back to M and it's not in order. But it is still the Muppets. It is still on DVD and it is still fabulous. I could have easily sat there and gone on Disney Plus and done it. But there's something about putting the DVD on, which just feels right. My sister, actually, when we saw, when she was like, oh, what are you going to watch this weekend? I was like, I'm going to watch Muppets. She went, why am I going to do it when I'm going to put tree up? She went, oh, I love that you've got your own traditions now. You live at home. I was like, yeah, sweet, and it? Yeah. So... So yeah, I put the Muppets on and it's 90 minutes of joy and just, oh, um, the ghost of Christmas past is still fucking petrifying. So much so that um, Gonzo and Rizzo go, we ain't doing the finale, we'll see you later. And they leave, which is, you know, considering exactly what happens, it's just like, ah, I am, I am not a Dickens person. I did Dickens at school um, for exams and for essays, and I've never understood it. It's just far too drawn out and far too boring. It's just, even when you, so there was, we did Hard Times. Hard Times was one we had the main essay for. And we read it, and then we watched the film afterwards, and then we reread it. And I still didn't understand what was going on. It was really odd and really weird. And I've never got any of Dickens. I've tried to read other Dickens, and it's just, it doesn't compute. And um, the only one that does is The Christmas Carol, because it is such a simple little easy story um, about redemption. Um, and I believe that Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of Christmas Carol I've ever seen. Um, I still need to watch the Guy Pearce one. I haven't seen that yet, because Tom Hardy produced it, and I really need to see it. I think it's on iPad. I don't think it's on my plan until the middle of next week. So today to you guys, um, Wednesday and me. Um, so yeah, that will be, I need to watch that because that looked so good and I missed it. And then I moved out and I never caught up with it. So I will get there, I promise. I promise, guy, I promise my mate. Um, so no, I love the Muppets because I love how the Muppets add some like heartiness to it. But it's all about Michael Caine. It really is. My name is Michael Caine. I'm sorry, I'm doing an impression of Michael Caine. Any Italian job, obviously. Ah. Um, because there's Muppets and there's shiz going on and there's all sorts of weird stuff. But Michael Caine is acting it straight. He is full on being like, 
I am I am Scrooge in the Muppet Christmas Carol, and I am going to be Scrooge. And he not only owns it, but he completely and utterly um, embodies Scrooge. When all the random Muppets tree stuff is going on around him, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's cool, that's good, that's this, and uh, and it just it just works, you know. From the fact that, you know, the rats in the bookkeeping service go, this is my island in the sun. People have toiled since time began. There's the penguin skating Christmas party. Um, Kermit and Miss Piggy are Bob and Miss Cratchit. And obviously they have Tiny Tim and the kids. And that's quite sweet. And that's all going on as well. And then you also have a normal ghost and a, um, what's it, a... Uh, the bald eagle, I can remember his name. But he upsets Beaker. I love Beaker. <laughs> Beaker's... Uh, Animal was my favourite Muppet. Animal's always my favourite package. Quiet! Um, but... And he has such a small part in this, because literally he goes, Quiet! And then he's playing in the band um, when they go to um, Christmas Pass, and um, the, the band is going slow, and he suddenly starts drumming like animal does it's just like yes yes animal love you you're such a good guy yeah it's good um but michael kane is just playing it properly throughout it's just like yes this is good he's really good especially when um jacob and robert marley turn up yes you heard that right bob marley <laughs> when marley and marley Marley, Marley, oh, that's my favorite song. I've been there's something in the air, there's muppets everywhere, but it's good because it is a good life lesson for people. It teaches people about the values of Christmas and the values of family and how other people perceive them and how their lives are shaped and how they suddenly become like this. And it also then is scary because then it shows you what might happen once you're gone. And it's just, it just works. And then for the end, to be also nice, and uh, Rizzo and Gonzo uh, throughout it, it, narrating it and telling the story, it just, when it finished last night and Gonzo stood, Rizzo went, hey, we're done, that's a good story. And Gonzo went, yay, if you enjoyed that, you should read the book. And I just had a little smile on my face, just like, I'm beaming beyond belief. Oh my God. <laughs> So, yeah, I know that Christmas makes you nostalgic and putting up the Christmas tree and it being cold and you're having your heating on and you're having your Christmas jumper on and watching your telly and you just snuggle up in your blankets and you just do all of that. And it... <sighs> there is no... Fe there is no feeling like a Christmas warm hug. There really isn't. Um... I think that's why we all do all the traditions. As much as people are like, oh, for Christmas music, it's already in my head. No, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? It's for a month, people. I saw someone this week on TikTok that went, oh, um, I want my Christmas tree to be perfect. It's got to be the correct colour theme. I've got to buy new things this year and it's got to be like that and whatever. My sister this year has moved house. She has bought a new Christmas tree. When she moved out originally... Um, she literally went out to, I think it was Woolworths or Wilco because they both existed at the time. And she bought 
a 15 pound cheap Christmas tree and put on all the decorations that she had. She went, Oh, I've got a tree, it's Christmas because it had moved in literally like two weeks before. Um, and she's bought a new tree this year for her house because her house is big enough, but she still wants to put the other one up. And she's like, Sat there, and people have asked her, Oh, you've got a color scheme, or have you got this? Have you got that? She's like, Nope, still putting on real what's it? She's bought new decorations. Everyone buys new decorations every year, at least one. Um, but it's not like she's throwing out the old ones. But I've seen so many people on TikTok be like, Oh, I. Oh, it's not my aesthetically pleasing tree, and it's not got this. Blah, blah, blah. The point of your Christmas tree is that it should make you feel happy. You should walk around with her. <sighs> After your long, hard day at work, where you've left the house in the dark ish, well, I don't anymore, but in the next week it will happen. When you leave the house in the dark and you get home in the pitch black, and you get in, you put your shopping down, you make your cup of tea, you sit down, you have your biscuit or your mince pie, and you just sit down there. And then you look up and you go, I'll put the Christmas tree lights on. And you just feel happy. <laughs> it just does that to you. And it, what, because you just think, ah, oh, we're all messed up at the end of the year. It's comfort that there's a tree in the house. I mean, I'm pretty sure Lando and Dog's upset that, oh, why have you got a tree in the house and not allowing me to take sticks in? Um, but it just, ah. there's something in the air. There's Muppets everywhere, definitely. Ah. That wasn't actually a Muppet review, was it? That was just me going on about Christmas traditions and things like that. Why am I so festive this year? I really don't understand it. Right, since about the 8th of November, all I thought about is near Christmas. We're getting there. We're slowly getting closer to Christmas. I have no idea why. Maybe it's because the rest of you is a bit uh, before we got to October. Um, so, <sighs> yeah. No, the Muppets works. The Muppets are still good. The ghost of Christmas past is still petrifying. And it's just, Michael Caine bosses it. Kermit's so cool. And yeah, all the songs are lovely, and it's just a very nice warm hug of a Christmas film, isn't it? It is the perfect film to put on um, when you're after you've finished decorating the tree, definitely. So, yeah, that's what I watched. That's my big review. It's of the Muppets, although that was not a Muppets Christmas Carol review, really, was it? <laughs> is that for this fortnight's episode thank you all so much for listening it's really appreciated especially now it's the busy festive season that you've taken some of your time to come and listen to me this episode this is also the first bit i have actually recorded for this episode and it is on my new laptop which if this sounds good we're gonna have fun we're really gonna have fun i'll be back before christmas it will be on the 20th of December, the next episode, so that will be a lot of fun. But until then, you know where to find me. It's popcorn underscore four underscore one on threads, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And it's popcorn1.co.uk for the actual blog in its entirety. But until then, besties, look after yourselves, be good to one another, and the rest will take care of itself. And yeah, I will see you on the 20th. Take care.